You are listening to Charmed City, a podcast about interesting people doing interesting things in and around Baltimore. I'm here today with Robin Stegman, marketing coordinator for Waterfront Partnerships. Robin is known as the voice behind Mr. Trash Wheel, a solar-powered water wheel that cleans up Baltimore's Inner Harbor. Robin, how are you today? Good, doing great. Great. Uh, thank you for coming. We're excited to talk to you about Mr. Trash Trash Wheel and the Waterfront <laughs> Partnerships. That's a mouthful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Robin, tell us who slash what is uh, Mr. Trash Wheel? Yeah. So, Mr. Trash Wheel is a uh, machine. So, basically, it sits at the Jones Falls. Uh, right before it gets into the harbor and it is able to collect all the trash that goes down to the Jones Falls uh, and dispose of it. It's probably the best solution right now for dealing with the issue of ocean plastic, which is like a huge issue and is set to triple in the next decade. So it's gotten um, a lot of attention from all around the world because even though it's pretty simple, it's essentially a water wheel that just picks up trash. uh, It's a huge improvement and and it symbolizes cities actually taking responsibility for cleaning up the ocean. So you say it's pretty simple, but like, how does it work? Yeah, so it is uh, ocean, uh, sorry, river powered and solar powered. Okay. So uh, it is like a wheel, like if you're thinking about like a paddle wheel on a river boat or something like that. So that is, so the current of the water will also uh, raise its conveyor belt and then it has solar power as a backup. Um And so one of the questions I always get is it always appears to be turned off. Uh, That's because it does most of its work in the rain. That's when the river is the fastest. So uh, the river is going to bring down all of that trash. We have a camera on the trash wheel that allows us to turn on Mm -hmm. um, it. So Mr. Trash will turn on. It has a conveyor belt that basically takes all the trash that is funneled by two big boons that kind of funnel the trash towards its mouth. He picks all of that into a dumpster and then uh, we take that away. Great. And I noticed that you guys... In, in doing the, the the camera, you also have a live stream going, so people can we watch the, uh, the wheel in in action. Yeah, um, the live stream's been really cool. Like a lot of people watch it. Uh, the funniest thing was we got a email from a mother who said that the like sounds of the water uh, in the live stream helped her baby get to sleep. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are doing good for the baby community and and the earth. So. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, Mr. Trash Wheel, what it is, is a trash wheel that cleans up the harbor, but you kind of gave it a voice, you gave it a personality, and that was definitely like an intriguing uh, marketing effort. How did you come up with kind of branding a fictitious <laughs> trash wheel into really giving it the googly eyes and, and the the figure that is kind of what has made it grow into a weird like cult figure in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, so I actually uh, was not the original person who put the googly eyes on. Okay. Uh, I was working with a company called What Works that originally put the googly eyes on. Um, and there was one trash reel before me that kind of um, originally just set the pace with making like a lot of jokes about garbage. Uh, but when I came on, I really wanted to expand Mr. Trash Reel. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, what we did was really figure out a way to tap into people's other passions uh, because we wanted to reach a community that wasn't 
typically following environmental pages and wasn't particularly thinking about a lot of these issues. Uh, they weren't the people who already were like saying no to straws and carrying mm. around uh, bamboo forks. So we like tapped in. We did a lot of like Star Wars jokes and uh, obviously googly eye jokes were really big, uh, making like memes about mm-hmm. recycled plastic and really just ways that we were, you know, could use kind of wit and charm to reach a audience way bigger than really any environmental group uh, in the area. And so obviously you guys have like a pretty large national following. Did the basically like did Twitter and did the social media following kind of just grow from those memes and that that voice that you established with the wheel? Yeah. So I I think the way that a lot of Internet works is it's. Uh, not really a progression. It's like a series of like kind of viral moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly that's been for us. So the first viral moment with the trash reel happened actually before it had googly eyes. Uh, Adam, who's the director of Waterfront Partnership, just posted a video of the trash reel working. And uh, it got over a million views on YouTube. And like I said, I think there's definitely an interest just for the machine itself because uh, there aren't a lot of solutions out there. But then there's the marketing that I think adds this layer on. So once it got a million views, uh, Adam realized that he needed to harness this in some way. And that's where the googly eyes came in. And that's where uh, a lot of my work comes in. So uh, for us, like I focus a lot more on reaching new audiences. Uh, one of the biggest things we did was a we did a couple of Reddit AMAs. Oh, okay. Uh, we from the point of view of, of the trash wheel, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So we did a AMAs from the perspective of the trash wheel. Uh, we came by that again. It was kind of a accidental moment, and uh, somebody just did like a post about the trash room today I learned and it made uh, number one on Reddit. Okay. And we were like, oh, this is like a really cool market. So uh, we posted an AMA uh, that was one of uh, the most successful, especially for a organization like this that isn't a celebrity. It doesn't right. have a million fans. Uh, but it was so much fun. We got to crack like a lot of jokes and a lot of like Reddit based jokes. Mm-hmm. And we were like photoshopping on the fly. We had a team of seven people who were just like making jokes like for like Gung-ho. four hours. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it was great. Yeah. And it's really, that's crazy because I've never even thought about Reddit as a space to obviously Reddit has the ability to help people go viral, but like to kind of give your voice in that way. That's pretty cool uh, to hear that. Uh, yeah. So you 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 were working with the, the partnership prior, like you were volunteering with them prior to working with them or? Yeah, so it's kind of a interesting path with uh, Waterfront Partnership. So I uh, worked for What Works Studio, which was the first studio that put the googly eyes on the trash and created a social media account. Mm-hmm. Um, when I left them, uh, Waterfront Partnership and Mr. Trashel came with me as a consulting client to my next gig. So I worked with them uh, as a consultant for about a couple more years. So over that entire span, about three years, I worked with them as a consultant. And then finally, uh, an opportunity came by to work with them full time and work with them on more than just the trash rule, but yeah. our larger marketing efforts. So uh, it's been great. Uh, they're a great organization. And uh, you don't, I often say like you don't, get 
organizations who give you carte blanche in the way that I get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And allow you to like make funny Lady Gaga memes in the middle of the day. So yes. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a fun time and you're doing something that is actually helping the community. Uh, yeah. So have you seen the direct impacts on Baltimore or like what has the partnership done for Baltimore specifically? Certainly. Uh, so what the biggest thing is the polystyrene ban. So, uh, known as styrofoam, but that's actually like the, uh, uh brand name of it. But, oh, okay. uh, polystyrene, it can, uh, break up in the water. It's really hard to get out. So once it goes in the water, it like leaches a lot of toxins. So it's a really big pollutant for our waterways. Uh, and we had been trying to get bans of certain things for a while, but, uh, the polystyrene ban, I think became, uh, such a viable legislation, uh, partly because Mr. Trashfield has collected so much data on how much polystyrene is in one waterway. And we couldn't have done that without about 200 volunteers who gave up their Saturday to literally dive into a dumpster. Hmm. Uh, so they actually count how much yeah. polystyrene is that allows us to get that accurate data. But uh, between like the advocacy of our fans um, and our partners, and this new data, like we were able to pass Baltimore legislation. And also Mr. Trashville fans have been instrumental in passing Maryland was going to be the first state to ban polystyrene, but Maine beat us to it by mm. like one month. Those uh, <laughs> so Maryland will be the second state. Um, so that's definitely been a huge uh, impact. And then we have Order the Wheel, which is a secret society that we created last year. Um it's kind of like a cult uh, for the environment. But that was through EPA funding, which I still think is great that we got the EPA to fund like a cult. Uh, but it was a experiment in how do we actually get Trashville fans to uh, to engage in actions. So in order to be part of the secret society, they had to complete uh, five kind of tasks that were helping the environment, dealing with issues like fatbergs, uh, trash, and uh, kind of water quality. What the, the first thing that you said, what was that? Fat? Fatbergs. What is that? Fatbergs are these really gross things that happen in our sewer. So basically, fat soil and greases that people dump down the uh, drain basically come together into uh like some of them can be the size of i'm trying to think of like like almost like a skateboard in width oh that's disgusting yeah and huge around and they uh are basically kind of thinking of them like uh blockages and like arteries like Ugh. that's what these fatbergs are uh massive things uh they just found one in london that was like the largest ever that i think was like three yards long That's and it's terrible. just yeah it's very gross <laughs> so just taking it back to baltimore and taking it back to maryland uh i know that you guys currently have mr trash wheel in 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 baltimore city like in the harbor and then mr trash wheel has some siblings and some family now correct yeah that's right so uh who are they and and where are they and what are they what are they up to yeah so professor trash wheel is our was our second and she is in canton uh she is being a professor uh she's a lot more like 
uh, into like ocean science research and uh, interested in like water quality data. And she just really likes ocean animals. So mm-hmm. if you follow her on social media, you'll see a lot of seal and otter photos, uh, which is a rough part of my day when I have to like find cute otter photos yeah. every morning. <laughs> um, and then there's Captain Trash Reel, and they are in Masonville Cove. Um, that's over in like the Brooklyn area okay. and they are mostly used for, uh, I would say like education. So Masonville Cove has a lot of like student field trips and they're an education center. And so captain really serves for there to educate the next generation about trash and litter. Great. Yeah. And have you seen any replication beyond Baltimore with similar projects? Uh, the closest that we're getting right now is one out in California, which they've just gotten state funding to do. So I think it's pretty likely that we'll see that soon. Uh, we There's also looks like likely in Hawaii oh, great. Uh, to build a trash reel out there. And then we get interest all the time and we're certainly working with other cities. So Toronto, New York, uh, there's one in Wisconsin, San Francisco Bay. That one's really cool because their idea is to do a drag queen trash wheel, <laughs> which I think would be really cool. Uh, Toronto wants to do a trash bandit, trash bandit, which would be like a trash panda raccoon trash wheel. <laughs> so yeah, it's really cool um, to kind of see it grow, and we're really hoping that we're able to like replicate these in other cities. It's just a um, the biggest challenge is that. So, for instance, for us, like we're not collecting trash from Baltimore. We're collecting trash for all of the Jones Falls watershed. So that means we're like basically paying for everybody who litters in cities across of our watershed. Mm -hmm. And that's a big ask for a city to be able to own the fact that like we're going to take care of trash and we're going to pay for it. Uh, even though it's not just coming, like it's not just coming from our city. So uh, I think there are cities who are going to do it, and that's super exciting because certainly it's an issue that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. What is it about Baltimore that has allowed you guys to be successful in both the creation of the wheel, the marketing behind the wheel, and the continued support of the the, the partnership? I think first and foremost, Baltimore is weird. Uh, that seems to be a theme. Um, <laughs> it's true, though. I, like, it's definitely. Uh, I, you know, joke. I don't think the trash reel. Certainly, the trash reel has seen success outside of cities, but wouldn't have gotten big without the support of our city. And um, I don't know how many cities would love with such abandon a like trash eating machine that like cracks jokes about garbage. Uh, But I think it's that, it's that like particularly weird, but that uh, like kind of, you know, John Waters like attraction to like filth, you know, which is why like, I feel like the rat stickers are also so uh, great. There's this like kind of ownership of like the baseness of humanity in a sense uh, that I think just makes Baltimore so great. It makes us, uh, appeal and kind of become an icon mm-hmm. uh, yeah it takes a weird city to make a trash reel like one of your kind of icons For sure. uh, and I think then um, you know in terms of the invention itself like it was invented by Clearwater Mills that's in Pasadena so right here um, but certainly it helps that uh, we have like a big marita- maritime legacy like mm-hmm. we have a lot of you know people who are thinking about the water uh, which is really nice and um you know, to toot our Waterfront Partnerships 
horn a little bit yeah is a word business improvement district which basically means we tax the businesses in our district uh, to provide services from them but we are very rare in the sense that we uh, have businesses and created this initiative to focus on the environment um, and waterfronts oftentimes uh, aren't thinking about the water side of that waterfront. Yes. Um, so I think that it also helps to have a business community that's really uh, invested in water quality and who helped us pay to put in that trash room. Yeah. And also, I mean, where the wheel is located is in the center of the business community within Baltimore. So yeah. they see it every day and they see the pollution within the water every day and obviously that's the pollution is not great but having a, a solution and a service to help with that is outstanding and you guys have you know done that so that's awesome yeah how, how long has mr trash will been around for so he just celebrated his fifth birthday last week okay great <laughs> yeah oh you know what i saw that he did were you at the birthday party yeah how was that it was really fun we uh we told people to dress up in trash costumes and we kind of thought some people wouldn't but one woman like created an entire like raccoon dress out of trash bags oh, wow. and like plastic bags and people made their like custom uh trash wheel t-shirts like somebody made like a trash wheel sitting on the iron throne <laughs> that's so funny so yeah it was it was super great uh to be there celebrating yeah where was that at peabody heights so peabody heights brewing has uh made this is the launch of our third trash wheel beer that's crazy yeah it's crazy you guys have such a unique following i mean you have beers named after you there's merchandise there's what like the little plushy toys mm -hmm. and um, so that's pretty cool. What what types of like merch and what types of like what have you seen relate to to the trash wheel? Yeah, so so we have like certainly like we've made like t-shirts and things like that. We always want to make more. I'm always like really touched by stuff fans have made. Mm -hmm. So like somebody made a onesie for their child that had oh. the trash wheel on it. Um, what am I? I mean, people have gotten. As far as I know, there are at least four trash wheel tattoos, which That's is sweet. like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was like really upset that I wasn't the first. Uh, but it's Do like you have one. I don't yet. Oh, I'm, you're getting there. I'm planning on one. Uh, I want to get one that I can add trash wheels to as we get more trash wheels. So yeah, but we 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 have trash wheel tattoos. Um, and like just in general, like I think our fans are like super creative. So when we did this order, the wheel cult, like somebody made their own cult robes and like whoa. with their like with insignias yeah, and whoa, things that's like awesome. that. Yeah, so it's really fun. And so um, obviously, you know, the following goes beyond the Baltimore area. Have you met anybody from like I don't know internationally or any? Have do you, t can you just like tell us a story about something like that? Yeah, of course. Uh, so my sister works in Ecuador, uh, and she was doing a project. She had to do a science project to teach kids and her co-teacher was like I really want to do this project on this thing called a trash wheel in Baltimore and my sister like stopped and she's like are you joking he's like no she's like you know my sister like runs the social media for that and she's and he was like his mind was blown and it was similarly I was at an improv festival in Detroit and there was a guy from Montreal there and I was sitting down and he was like where are you from Baltimore and he and he was like oh 
that's that thing that had this like water wheel that eats trash. And I was like, oh my God, yes, that's us. It's great that that's what he referenced Baltimore as. I know. Like, Not the place with the wire, but the place with the trash wheel. Hey, I would love if Baltimore becomes known for trash wheels over the wire. Oh my God, yeah, it would be amazing. Anytime I leave the state of Maryland, they're like, oh, you're from Baltimore? Have, have you seen the wire? Yeah, I think there's... Um, like. <laughs> The trash wheels are a perfect example of Baltimore. It's a super simple invention. Uh, it's super weird. It's super weird. And like, we just like, ha- we did it, you yeah. know? And we like created this really simple solution. And I think that's like, Baltimore has a lot of that inventiveness there that like should be celebrated as well. Yeah. It's a, it's a, lo- it's a lovely, interesting little town. And you know, that's why we're here highlighting it and highlighting people like you who are doing cool things within the community helping the community but also creating kind of like these weird viral sensations like the the trash wheel yeah um i know that you spoke about some of those viral moments but did was there ever like an uh like an aha moment where you were like whoa this is bigger than i realized yeah i mean i think i continuously have those moments to be <laughs> honest where i'm like uh i can't believe one of the weirdest is our second beer uh we were like we couldn't figure out a name and uh, finally I was like out, like out having dinner with a friend and we were just like tossing back puns of song names. <laughs> and I just made a joke like, Oh, like about blinding me with science. And I was like, Oh, that's it. Like it's a wit beer. We're going to call it blinding me wit science. Uh, Thomas Dolby who created blinded me with science lives in Baltimore. Oh, no way. Yeah. And so does, does he teach. Yeah. He teaches, teaches at Hopkins. Oh, Hopkins. Okay. This dude is fascinating. Um, to, if you haven't looked up Thomas Dolby, he lives in Baltimore. He's a super cool guy. Dude played in David Bowie's Live Aid set. Um, and That's created the Nokia ringtone, like the do 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 So he's like a cool, like big guy. Uh, so he spoke at the First Light City, which I helped organize, and I had his email. So I sent an email just like as a like. We'll just see, like, hey, we're releasing this beer. It's kind of, like, related to your song. Would you just, like, take a picture with the beer can? And he writes back. He's a avid sailor. He loves, like, he, like, is really passionate about water quality. And he was like, I'll do you one better. I'll recreate parts of my music video with the beer. Whoa, that's such a good campaign. <laughs> yeah, so we... So, like, it was a surreal moment. We were at Beauty Body Heights Brewery. Thomas Dolby is here telling us, like, stories about, like, working with George Lucas. But he's, like, telling it, like, in this, like, not name droppy, just, like, this is his chill life, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and we, like, create this video on, like, our iPhones like and he's uh Casey my coworker, who's like filming the video he's like stopping to give her tips on like how to move the camera and stuff because he's done film before and that was like a very surreal like I'm sitting here with Thomas Dolby recreating this video for this like trash wheel beer like (laughs) how how did this happen (laughs) that's so cool yeah that's so cool yeah I've definitely heard about him just from being around the community, but to be able to work with him and, you know, create, recreate some scenes. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. He was like, he's such a funny cause he's like such a chill calm dude. And then the camera would come on. It was like, God, it was like very like animated. Yeah. In your face. But yeah. That was like definitely one of those <laughs> where you're like, wow, this is, 
this is real life. <laughs> he blinded me with science. So. Yeah. Um, so how how is the um, just curious how has the marketing plan or strategy changed over time? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think like one of the big things that we've done is it's definitely I mean certainly expanded in terms of like. Uh, our posts and how much we put in it. But really, um, the big change that we've started to do is focusing more on getting people to act. Okay. And also focusing more on, certainly I want to grow the audience and growing the audience is important, but um, we really have within the past couple of years focused on deepening the engagement and involvement with the fans that we have. Right. Um, so Order the Wheel is one of those, the Secret Society, but also last year we threw our first fan fest um, where we got people, people came and brought like fan art, made trash wheel cakes, made trash wheel costumes. We had people do like a trivia show and musical numbers based on the trash <laughs> wheel. And we really um, think that, I mean, our fans are amazing. And certainly the actions that we're asking to do, like advocacy to ban plastic project products or even just like trying to eliminate plastic at home are things that uh, require people to like be invested. And mm-hmm. so we really want to make sure that our fans are feel really invested and feel really empowered to act on these issues. And so uh, we focused we've. We certainly are still acquiring new fans, but in terms of our marketing, we've really focused more on how we deepen the engagement. Okay, that's an, uh, that's yeah. an interesting take. That's an interesting. Yeah. I mean, you already have such a big network, so I, and I'm sure that you know that that snowball effect when your fans are more engaged, then they can bring in more and more people. Well, and that's part of it too. Is like. Uh, tr- trying to explain this to somebody who hasn't seen it and hasn't followed us on social media is pretty difficult. So we find that we'd rat, we, so like putting, if we put a billboard, Mr. Trash Reel in like Times Square, like I don't think many people would get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really need those fans to help grow our audience because they serve as ambassadors and they're more likely to be able to tell our story and show that excitement that just simply a picture of like a googly ad trash reel isn't <laughs> going to guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's more than just the character of the trash wheel, yeah. it's the, the actual physical wheel that you can go and look at and you know it's right next to the make you pavilion downtown yeah. so it's like you know if you're going to a concert you see this big wheel and it's like what is that and um yeah it, and we have like we've had people multiple people who have literally done vacations around seeing the trash wheel that's wild which i always feel very weird because it's not like it's a theme park or anything no. like that it's just like like you go you see it that's like 10 minutes of your now <laughs> weekend long vacation <laughs> uh so 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 with that in mind i know that you know you're trying to engage more with the people that you already have engaged with you're trying to give them um more pillars of advocacy but for somebody who doesn't know much about the trash wheel or somebody who wants to get involved with the trash wheel uh, more where where would they look where would they go what would they do yeah, so uh, we have a website, mrtrashwheel.com, uh, which is like our first kind of one-stop shop mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like learning more about the Trash Wheel. Certainly following us on social media at Mr. Trash Wheel and Professor Trash Wheel is like 
great to go. Um, just in general, too, if you want to get engaged in this issue, uh, certainly there's a lot of great volunteer organizations here. Uh, Healthy Harbor, which is our initiative for clean water, uh, Blue Water Baltimore, uh, Trash Free Maryland are all really great. But it can start at home. Um, I know one of the things that I've started doing is like, on walks when I'm like walking somewhere is to just get a plastic bag and I have like a trash picker and just start cleaning up trash on that walk. There's so many easy things you can do um, to help pick up trash, but then also at home, you know, it starts with like getting a travel bug and not using disposable coffee or disposable water bottles or straws or wherever that is easiest for you to start. Um, certainly every single item of plastic that you can prevent from being made is a huge difference. And I think people, uh, society kind of like once it leaves our hand, we don't think about the trash, but that straw will be there for thousands of years. So just even saying no for a straw one night at a bar actually makes like a small, but a, you know, important impact. Yeah. And just don't litter. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's something that I've tried. I mean, obviously growing up there there were moments where I would just do it and I wouldn't think about it. But as an adult, I've tried to make a conscious effort, you know, to just, just don't throw something on the floor. Like that's a waste. Like that'll go into the water. That'll go into the water that you're eventually going to drink. Yep. And, uh, you're, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting our environment. Um, I think that right now we're seeing a crazy, um, push overall within America and, and the, the world about being more conscious about the earth um, because there's been all these crazy reports and whatnot coming out. Um. Yeah, and like ocean plastic. So by 2050, there's a study done that there will be more plastic in our ocean than fish. Ugh. So this issue of like trash in our ocean is on the scale of climate change uh, because of the way that it's threatening ocean ecosystems, which are so important for our ecosystems on Earth, but also because uh, because of fish, it's getting into our body. And microplastics are the same way. They, uh, even if you don't do fish, if you drink beer, uh, there was recently a study done in Wisconsin that found microplastics within beer that was getting in it through the water. So it's certainly like an important issue in that respect. Yeah, and you know, we love the earth, right? Like we don't want it to go to, you know, go to shit. <laughs> exactly. Um, so just gonna, uh, just also, if anybody's interested in learning more, Mr. Trash Wheel does have a Wikipedia page. Mm. That's pretty crazy. When yeah. I was doing my research for this interview, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the, one of the few interviews that there was a Wikipedia for. So that was cool. Um, and I learned all about Mr. Trash Wheel and his friends. Are they his friends or are they his, his relatives? Friends. Friends. Uh, yeah. It's like an important, especially like, I think there might, there's always been a will they won't they with Mr. and Professor Trashio. Ah, um, and I always have to be very clear, like, this is not like a Cersei and Jamie Lannister okay, situation. Yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. they're not uh related. It's like uh there, there's some tension there, huh? Yeah, I think so. We'll see. The wheels are turning, huh? That's right. <laughs> it's been a it's been like a several year thing, you know? Okay. And I think like at some point Trashio's gonna have to jump on it yeah i mean maybe you can recreate that the the smith's um billboard you know oh yes we've actually talked about what it would take to unmoor both trash reels bring it into the inner harbor create spaghetti 
out of pool noodles <laughs> and recreate the lady in the tramp that scene. That would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, we've like had logistical conversations because we <laughs> thought about doing it for a fundraiser. But yeah, it's um, yeah, we would love to do something like that. So when it moves around the water, um, is somebody controlling it from somewhere or? Is- yeah, so the trash wheels don't move generally. Okay. They're just at the mouth of the river. Uh we often get that misnomer because the flotilla, which is our big kayak paddle for clean water, we actually take the trash roll out and it's like just attached to a boat basically. And we take it down to the inner harbor for pictures. Okay. But generally it doesn't move. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little, I guess I was a little mis, uh, misinformed or just confused about the, the, the inner workings of how it is done. Yeah. Um, so, so I just want to turn to like your background a little bit. So how long have you been in, interested in environmental science and, and, and clean water initiatives and, you know, helping the earth and all of that? Yeah. So I, I think I've always, um, really was, have been interested in environmental issues, certainly more intensely, uh, since I've gotten into my career and particularly the past three years. Uh, so I'm, I've done marketing for nonprofits now for about eight years. Uh, but the past three, because of actually Mr. Trash Wheel, uh, I got a lot of clients who came from the water community and mm-hmm. specifically the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, and so in order to communicate about something, you have to learn about it. Of so <laughs> um, I now know way more than I wanted to know about sewage overflows and other like threats to our environment. Uh, for me, I think... Um, it's essentially we obviously the planet is amazing. We should save it. But essentially it's a human problem. Uh, certainly we're already seeing this with the amount of rain in Maryland. Like climate change is real. And it's also something that doesn't necessarily does threaten life on Earth, but threatens human life on Earth gravely. And uh, the Earth has been around far before us. The Earth will survive. It will just not survive in um conditions that will be livable for humans Mm -hmm. uh like you know for instance like oxygen wasn't the uh wasn't always in the atmosphere it was like created by beings here and it's like the earth will still exist it just might be like a bunch of like rubble and a air that we can't breathe and food that we can't eat Mm -hmm. so like we're really fighting for human survival when we're talking about environmentalism and um yeah it's an it's important uh like a Wally situation. Yeah, exactly. No, it's true. Yeah. I mean, and, um, you know, unfortunately, too, it's also a social equity situation because it will be the people who are, um, you know, the poorest now who have the least resources that will be the hardest hit by these environmental issues as well. Yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of like a two prong, two pronged issue you know there's a socioeconomic thing going on with it as well so that's uh that's honestly something that i don't think i would have ever thought about and i'm sure a lot of people don't realize is that you know communities would be hit so much harder in those uh less fortunate areas i mean we're already seeing that in the severity of hurricanes Mm -hmm. when you look at places like haiti that are trying to recover uh climate change again will increase hurricanes and a lot of those communities that are there that will be hardest hit won't be able to go back or places like Puerto Rico and Haiti that won't be able to have that don't have that infrastructure um you know it's taken years and Mm. years and years uh for Haiti to come back um and they really haven't you know yeah and I also think it's crazy because people won't necessarily um 
they'll be like, oh, that doesn't affect me. That doesn't affect me because th- those are places that are like far away. But then you like, are you forgetting about like Hurricane Sandy and Hurricane Katrina? Hurricane Katrina like absolutely destroyed New Orleans. That's your like anywhere in the country. That's your backyard. Like, or or even like if we want to talk about Maryland, look at Ellicott City. Yeah, with the floods. Yeah, that was great. And two years in a row destroyed you know a, a staple of the the state of maryland and with the amount of rainfall that we're looking at i mean flooding is going to only be a larger issue as we go into kind of climate change uh, in the future and this is like the immediate future you know we had more rain last year than we've ever had on record and so like we're not talking about like our children's generation obviously as we saw from ellicott city like we're talking about right now mm-hmm. I'm terrified. <laughs> uh, you are putting the fear of God in me right now. <laughs> Sorry, I have a friend who uh, he works on this issue and he does a lot of predictive modeling and he's like always a guest to have at parties. Like oh, you just like imagine. have one conversation with him and you're like, oh, good. We're all going to die. <laughs> you have a few, you're a few beers deep and then you're like, I have micro plastics in my (laughs) soul now (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so uh obviously the the banning of styrofoam um i forget what you said the real polystyrene it's all right i'm just gonna call it styrofoam styrofoam. that's how most people know it yeah so so obviously the banning of styrofoam is great uh and is a step in the right direction um First question on that is like, how long do you think till that actually gets? How long until we actually don't see styrofoam? Mm. And then what? What do you think is next in terms of um, uh, environmental legislation legislator that might help with this problem? Yeah, so I think Baltimore goes into effect. I believe it gets state. It starts getting phased out at the end of this year, or maybe early next year. I to be fair, I'm not. 100 percent sure okay. but so yeah. yeah so but that phasing out will happen soon um i am not sure with the maryland legislation because it hasn't officially passed yet but my assumption is usually it's like a several year phase right. out period um so and that will be really interesting because the truth is is we don't know uh what that effect is going to be in terms of the trash real trash. Uh, we're really excited about doing another dumpster dive. If anybody wants to go into a dumpster and really figure mm-hmm. that out, uh, it will actually allow us to see too um, how much polystyrene is coming from coming from outside of Baltimore City, and uh, you know get a better look at kind of like where we are in relation to the watershed. Uh, uh, your second question about other legislation, uh, I think plastic bags, uh, either deposit or ban is probably next on the docket. Okay. Um, certainly I think there's so many different ways that you can go with environmental legislation and it's generally chosen on what's most likely to pass. I think, uh, there's so much backlash about straw bans and a lot of people were like, this is such a small issue. Why are we dealing with this? And I always have to go back and say like, it's legislation isn't about what is going to be best for the environment. Um, like, of course we'd love to pass like larger sweeping legislation, but a lot of times environmental organizations have to choose what is most likely going to get passed, right. what is going to have fewer lobbyists against it. What, what can we actually get done? Mm-hmm. And so like straw bands, for instance, are something that's really easy. They're pretty useless in our society. Um, it's easy to get people behind them. 
the straw lobby is not that big, so it's like easy to pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our case, plastic bags, I think, are the next one. But certainly, you know, I grew up in a bottle deposit state. I would love to see a bottle deposit at some point. Um, there's certainly a lot of like great legislation options out there. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Uh, it's interesting. I was in Costa Rica, and they pretty much exclusively use paper products for um, even forks and knives. At at um, if they if you weren't using like metal utensils, uh, like you were at like a, a quick quick and easy place, they use like mostly paper products. Um, and it was interesting to see that because obviously here we don't have that, but they are so much more conscious about the water because it's right in their face all the time and. Um, so that was something that I noticed while I was out out there. Um, yeah, I was out in the Galapagos a couple of years ago and was struck. Uh, everybody there picks up any sort of trash that was left by the tourists, but they're very environmentally conscious. But being in a place where you never see trash is like such a thing that we don't get to see a lot of the no. world. And like really struck me to me. Uh, how surprising that was and how conditioned I had been to like just having trash be part of like urban life and like yeah, piling up in the trash cans. And yeah. All of that. Yeah. It's I mean, yeah, it's, you know, all over. And, uh, you know, a big thing, uh, the Costa Rica is a great example because I think we a uh, big thing that we're always pressing is that it's about reducing uh, right now there aren't uh recycling processing it's really difficult most of the stuff that you're getting recycled isn't actually getting recycled or getting used because we don't have a market we don't have as big of a market for recycled products as we have recycling um so it's just like there are like canyons in china just full of american and like other people's recycled products um so while recycling is great like really the preference is how do we go back to a lifestyle where we just have less single-use trash and less trash that's uh that's an interesting point that i never really thought and it's i again i didn't know that i mean you assume that when you're recycling you're doing uh, you're doing you're doing a lot of good, but in reality, you know, it's just more about like a reduce and reuse as much as possible. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you look at Maryland rates, and yes, Maryland recycling rates have increased, but our overall trash rate has increased, and like mm. that's still you're still uh, have to reprocess that even if you're recycled, and so you know it'd be much better if like we just you know, use less and produce less. Yeah. Well, I hope we get there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hope, I hope that, you know, your initiative, um, the water, uh, the waterfront partnerships and, and Mr. Trash wheel and your advocacy and your fans and your viral <laughs> sensation of Mr. Trash wheel can help, um, both Baltimore, both the country and the world. I really do. I, I hope that that happens. Um, so uh, if you want to follow Mr. Trash Wheel, uh, you can check him out on Twitter, Facebook. And Instagram. Instagram. He, uh, You can check out their website. And if you want to see Robin perform, she's a hilarious improviser. <laughs> uh, you can catch her all the time at the Baltimore Improv Group. Um, and she will be here and obviously loves talking about improv, but also Mr. Trash Wheel. So uh, Robin, thanks again so much for speaking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Charm City. If you are interested in being interviewed or if you're a local business interested in sponsoring us, please reach out to charmcitypod at gmail.com.